Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to Inspiring Hope. I'm Tracy Williams, here to inspire you to have only positive expectations with my good friend, Michelle Graff. Some of you may remember her, and some of you may not, but just in case, she is the CEO and founder of Cultivating Human Resiliency. That's right. That's what she does. That's what she's an expert at. She can cultivate human resiliency, and we all need some of that. She is also the author of, well, this is her first book. Who knows what's next on her plate? But she's the author of the Compassion Fatigue um, Organization, right? Restoring Compassion to Helping Professionals. And this is something that she is passionate about and she's been doing for a long time in different capacities, but she is an expert at it. And so tonight we're just going to dive in a little bit and talk to her about her book that she has out. <laughs> so Michelle, why don't you just start off and just tell us what is it that uh that made you or 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 made you do this book? What put that together in your, you know? Well, you know, I've always just had a passion um, about resiliency and the whole idea, you know, when I work, when I did direct service, the idea of being strength based and really connecting with people and the idea uh, that everybody has resiliency and, and that we need to be focusing on that has always fascinated me. And so it's it's really where, I, you know, I wanted to direct my career and my work. But so I, I primarily work with human service organizations. I go in and I, I provide consultation and, and um, train, provide trainings for their staff. And I noticed that I was getting requests for training on compassion fatigue over and over. In fact, at one point, I had three different agencies requesting that topic, which is great because then I can, you know, as I'm, um, I'm learning as I'm also starting to develop or refine my training. But I really started to recognize that there was a need out there. And and again, this is something that sort of fits into what I already kind of thought and believed because I have a lot of um, background in working on trauma-informed care movements within organizations. And I, I recognize that there is a need out there um, to really address compassion fatigue for helping professions in a way that maybe goes a little bit deeper than just acknowledging that we are all experiencing compassion fatigue, but also providing some insight that can offer people that um, self-awareness and then help them, give them a path to start building that resiliency. So it's not just something we have to accept that we all experience compassion fatigue, but how do we become more resilient? And what I've learned is the way we become more resilient is actually by strengthening our ability to be more compassionate, which is ironic, Tracy, because in some ways it's the compassionate work we do that makes us vulnerable to compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. And our brain starts to think, oh my gosh, just compassion, it hurts. Um, and so it, it wants to shut that down. But the irony is, or the paradox is that it's actually, um, we're never depleted of compassion. It's, it's learning how to stop, reset, and then with practice, replenish or strengthen that resiliency and um, 
allowing compassion to to replenish and rejuvenate us. So it's we need more compassion. Absolutely. But, yeah. but like yeah. everything else, it's a skill set or it's, it involves skills that we need to practice over time. Just Absolutely. Like yes, I love that. And Michelle, you know, when you were talking, you know, I think one of the things that are that's missing sometimes in part of that, especially in one of the chapters in your book, you talk about empathy and being able to have that. And how do we cultivate that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think just a lot of, um, again, practice. I mean, there are some skill sets. You can break empathy down to several different components that involve skills. Um, and there's a lot of controversy about whether you know, can everybody be taught skills? Well, it's part of development. You know, I, I'm, I'm not going to speculate on who can and can, um, you know, improve our empathy. But I believe that that's something we can all with practice strengthen, regardless of where we are in our terms of our ability to be empathetic. It's something that with practice we can strengthen because oftentimes we get in the habit of shutting down as a protective skill and not and turning away from empathy and therefore turning away from that compassionate response. So yes, Tracy, I believe, I mean, I, I just, for example, just being in tune to each other's emotions is a skill set that's part of empathy. Um, it's only one piece of it. Empathy is a complex skill that uses our frontal lobe, uses our limbic system, it, you know, uses all of our brain and, um, for sure. Now, you know what, just to back it up a little bit, for those that don't know, like you said, a lot of this has to do with self-development. What? Mm -hmm. How can you we describe the word empathy to somebody? Um, well, empathy is the, again, there, there's different components to it, but it's the ability to experience um, what somebody else's experience or sort of being able to be there at the same time, being able to differentiate our emotions from someone else's emotions. Um, you know, so it's not just, um, you know, it's, it's connecting on that emotional level. So it's, it's partly perception taking like, okay, I can see this from your point of view, but there's an emotional aspect. Um, perception taking is, is the, you know, our, our frontal lobe, there's an emotional aspect, aspect to um, empathy in which we're also connecting on that level. So it's being with somebody, being mm -hmm. present for them, um, being able to take their perspective, being able to connect emotionally to them it, it without judging. And at the same time, without being able to differentiate my emotion from, from your emotion. Um, yeah. So it, it encompasses all of that. Yeah, that sounds like it can be complex, especially being able to uh, distinguish the difference between what you're feeling and what the other person is feeling, especially if you're, you know, they're experiencing some trauma or something that, you know, is making them feel a certain way. Right. You know? So, yeah, that's definitely something that is complex, but it is important for us to learn and to know what are your um, suggestions for, you know, or some things that we can do practically to be able to distinguish those differences. Right. Well, one part is, and here's the, here's kind of the crux, you know, empathy makes us more vulnerable to compassion fatigue, but, but we also, it also makes us more effective in our ability to help people to heal and grow. 
So we want to be able to be present. Um, at the same time, I, I teach some different, um, maybe some habits and rituals that can help us to separate then when we're done with the work so we can go home um, and deal with our own stuff. <laughs> but so that's that's part of the skill set is, is is that the being the pre being present, being able to recognize when we step into judgment, um, so that we can step away from it. But just even simple things like that attunement, practicing. One of the things I do in trainings is um, we practice just mirroring. Um, you know, there is a real connection between our ability to. Um, interpret each other's emotions and our our facial expressions because you know we use our face um, to express emotions very much and so we also use it to connect with each other's emotions so one of the mirroring techniques I have people practice and I have kind of a funny story that I share in the book about this is that um, when I first in trainings you know years I would I would do this exercise where I would pass out cards with different emotion words on them. And I would instruct participants in pairs to practice or take turns mirroring the or expressing the emotion only using their facial expressions, not using words. And then their partner would then, they were instructed to mirror. In other words, they would um, use their facial muscles to mirror what, what they were seeing, and then try to guess what feeling is. Well, what would happen, and people struggled with this, you know, they, it was very difficult to distinguish, you know, worry from fear, or there's so many different nuances and emotions that it's hard to distinguish the two, or distinguish them from each other. So I noticed people were struggling, and I thought that was the reason why. And then upon further observation, I noticed it's because people weren't doing the mirroring part. They were jumping right to the guessing. Um, again, it's you're using your frontal lobe, but you're not really engaging your Olympic system in doing that. And so in order to make sure they followed my instructions better, I switched up the activity. And I started doing it in, as more of a circle activity, so like a large group. And we would go around and take turns and as the participants would express the emotion, and then I would sort of monitor the activity and make sure the, um, the other person mirrored it before they guessed. And to my surprise, they were guessing it correctly all the time, on the first shot every time. And I was wow. like, hmm, this is interesting. Okay, uh, and so let's the, try it. Let's, yeah. let's do an example. This is gonna be kind of fun. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how this works on Zoom, by the way. Oh, we can do it. I think yeah. we can okay. do it. <laughs> I'm up Okay, I'll give my emotion and you can mirror it. Or uh, So in other words, you're going to give back the same emotion that I'm having. Yeah. And, so, and, then, I'll, and then you can guess and, and I'll tell me if that's the emotion. Okay, right. you can take a look emotion besides excited because... <laughs> Recently excited and happy. Okay, let's see. Okay, before I guess, I'm going to try that. Well, I don't know if this is the word, but what comes to mind is exasperated or 
maybe a little a little little frustrated tired yes 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 awesome so this yeah. and that's a great activity to do and i yeah. love that when you did an example of it <laughs> but here's it well and i had to in here that's the crazy thing i'm not sure that's what i would have guessed if i hadn't done it first um and that's that's what I discovered in this activity, and there's a there's a little science behind this. I am in no way claiming that my trainings are any sort of um, controlled science experiment, sure, sure. but but I would do that. Like I did that more than once. I actually switched up the activity and found it to be more successful. And sometimes when I had larger groups, I would even then I started telling the participants about this, and I would divide it, and I'd have one group not just guess. In the other group, mirror first and then guess. And inevitably, the group that mirrored first was better at um, interpreting the emotions. And it just, again, not a scientific experiment, but I think there is some science behind the idea that our facial expressions play a big role in being able to feel what the other person's feeling. And so that mirroring um, really allows us to be able to do it. And what I'm, you know, I'm not suggesting people go around and, and mimic each other's facial expressions, but just relax and naturally allow your face um, to mirror that expression. And you'll find you'll be able to connect a little more. I say, put your face into it. When you're trying to be empathetic, put your face into it. Um, that's good. I like that. I'm, I'm going to start using that. But I think it's that is very important. And thank you for sharing that tip with us, because it is important that we connect with one another, especially a lot of times where people are afraid to have eye contact with one uh, another. Yeah. And especially now it's important because we're wearing masks all the time. Yeah. So we're yeah. really not sure. And I love how people went out and they got masks. They have like smiley faces on them, you know, yeah. so people because they what that says is I understand how you feel and I want to connect with you. Absolutely. Faces are very important. And it's where we, it's as, um, you know, just even as children seek safety in their caregiver's face. Um, you know, that's, the, that's what they see. And that's that facial expression is what they seek safety. And we're, you know, we don't grow out of that need to connect with each other. And so it does really come into play now when we're all, um, we have that separation. We're using Zoom. It's why when I do trainings, online trainings, I use, I try to, depending on the size of the training, at least at some point go, okay, camera's on. Okay, you've seen enough PowerPoint. Let's let's get the cameras on and talk about this and really connect face to face because I think that's a really important part of connection. And there's a little bit of science behind that um, that whole experience that I talked about that, that I've experienced in my training, there's been a lot of research done on empathy and the ability to be able to interpret facial expressions. And the face really does uh, matter. And I, if when people have impairments in the face or in their facial muscles, they struggle with that skill of being able to interpret um, facial expressions. And so Although my experience was not scientific, um, there was, you know, I didn't have the control groups and stuff. There is there is some research that backs what I 
discovered in terms of how important that ability to be able to use our facial muscles, both to express emotions and to interpret them is really important. Even, even people that have had um, collagen injections, it temporarily struggle with that skill of being able to interpret emotions. They've, some studies have found evidence of that. Yes, I believe that's true. This just certainly looks like it on television. Well, hey, you guys here today. You got a couple of tips for free from Michelle Grab, And remember, she's the CEO of Cultivating Human Resiliency. So if you all need some training, you want to get her book, it is on Amazon.com. And what is it called? Say it with me, y'all. The Compassion Fatigued Organization. And what does she do best? She restores compassion. Well, she helps build resilience. That's the thing that she does best. So catch us next time for the next episode. Don't miss it. Thank you, Tracy.